Episode 8 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on October 10th, 2016. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, Bioware surprised everyone with an in-game double XP event. I'll talk about that and how long it will run. A new epic cinematic for Knights of the Eternal Throne was released. We now know who the mysterious child is. I'll talk about that and what it means for the upcoming story. The long-awaited New York Cantina Tour was held. I'll cover all the details regarding Knights of the Eternal Throne. And finally this week, there's been a lot of data mined information on the expansion. I'll give you some details not covered at the Cantina Tour, all spoiler-free, of course. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to Episode 8 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have got another great show lined up for you today. As always, let's start off with some announcements and just one really brief announcement. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but in addition to doing this podcast, I'm also a blogger for a group called The Cantina Cast. And if you head over to thecantinacast.com, uh, last week, I believe it was published on October 4th, I did a post called Star Wars The Old Republic in Canon. And I just took a look at some of the stories and the ongoing work for Star Wars The Old Republic and just talked about that and the current canon. So uh, if you're interested in reading about Star Wars and, of course, Star Wars The Old Republic, that's just a piece I did for them. Head over to the thecantinacast.com. And that is really all of the announcements I have this week. So with that, let's go ahead and slice the holonet and go over the news this week. And there is a ton of it, which is just awesome. So as you heard in the opening, uh, if you logged into the game at all over the weekend, you were probably surprised to see the little XP bar down at the bottom and with that little uh, XP tag. And if you hovered over that, you saw the message there that there is indeed a double XP going on in the game. And everyone believes that it's going to last until December 27th. So if you log in between now and December 27th and you have some characters that you want to get leveled up, maybe you want to close some things out for the Dark versus Light event, you will now be able to do it earning double XP. And yes, the question that everybody asks, does this stack with this, that, and the other? Yes, yes, it all stacks. So you have one of those XP boosts, stacks on top of the double XP. You've got that Victorious Pioneers set, which gives you the XP bonus. Yes, it works on stacks on top of that. You've got some of those legacy perks that give you XP boosts for doing flashpoints or class mission stories. Yes, it stacks with that. What about the guild? Yes, everything. Anything that gives you an XP bonus in the game, it's just going to go stack and you're just going to earn a whole bunch of XP. And it is a great way to quickly level up some of these characters and get them all ready and up to level 65 before Knights of the Eternal Throne because it is not that far away. And as I mentioned earlier, the long-awaited Cantina Tour over in New York City was held on October the 7th. So we got a lot of details on the upcoming expansion, Knights of the Eternal Throne. So uh, before I get into that, I want to talk about the epic, amazing cinematic trailer that they did. 
But uh, before I do that, I just want to also talk about the double XP event and, of course, the dark versus light. We still don't have an exact end date for the event, although the thinking is that it's probably going to close a week prior to the release of Knights of the Eternal Throne. And the official release date for that expansion is Friday, December 2nd. Uh, there is an early access option option uh, November 29th, and I'll talk about that in a little bit too. So good chance that it would probably end maybe around November 22nd. And the reason I mention that is there's still time, if you're still thinking about doing the legendary achievement, and I, I, I may do it. I've kind of said I'm not, I'm not really that interested in doing it. I don't know that I will, but there are a couple of uh, achievements there that are related to the in-game events, such as the Gree event and the Ratgul Plague and also the Bounty Hunter event. So if you're listening to this... Um, the Bounty Hunter event just ended. There was one that just ended on October the 11th, which is the day that I'm, I'm releasing this. So if you haven't done your Bounty Hunter achievement, you may be out of luck. I don't know that it's going to come around again before the Dark versus Light event closes out. But we should get another Gree event. And I do believe there's going to be another Rack Ghoul Plague event. So if you haven't done those particular achievements, those are the only ones that are that are gated by these special events. Everything else you can just kind of get done whenever you want to. But there's the... The Gree, the Bounty Hunter, and the Rat Ghoul are, are things that obviously you can only do in those games when those events are going on. And I do believe that there's going to be another Gree, and I do believe there's going to be another Rat Ghoul event before the Dark versus Light closes out. So if you're wanting to get the Legendary done, small window of opportunity to go ahead and do that. All right, so the cinematic trailer. So ahead of the, the, what was kind of neat about this weekend is you know they had the Cantina Tour which was, I think, 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the evening. But prior to that, they went ahead and they released earlier in the day the cinematic trailer and, of course, all sorts of specific information about the expansion. Uh, the trailer, I'd have to say this, that these trailers are always good, right? Ever since the beginning of the game, the Deceived trailer, um, everything they've done, these have all been very good. And the one they did for Knights of the Fallen Empire was particularly good. So... I don't think there was any expectation whatsoever that this trailer wasn't going to be good. And they kind of trickled out little bits of it uh, leading up to this, which sort of sparked some interest and some curiosity and some questions, especially we saw the first teaser clip they did, and there was this child sitting in a room, and it was very dark and foreboding. The child had all sorts of tattoos on them and on, on, on him or her. We didn't know if it was a him or a her or what was going on, shaved head. Well, now we know. Now we know. And we know that that child was, of course, Valen. And this trailer basically was giving you the backstory for Valen and, and and Senya. And it really focused on those two characters and their relationship with, with one another. So for the majority of the time, the trailer sort of takes place right around the same time that we saw the Knights of the Fallen Empire trailer. I mean, it starts off, we see Valen as a very little girl. And she's being nurtured by her mother. And, you know, Senya is trying to sort of teach her a little bit in the ways of the Force. And then we see that we see Valen struggling with the Force. And it's with her, it seems like she's either on or it's off, right? She either can't do anything with the Force or she just explodes and just raw power and rage and so forth. And we get to this one scene where she's training in the little, uh, the night arena 
where we saw Arkin and Thexen training and she, she's going up against the Knights and she's getting knocked down here or there. And then finally she just unleashes her force powers. And I, I, I don't know if she kills all the Knights or just severely injures them, but it's a scary moment. And Senya's like, oh my God, what what is with this girl? And she's, you know, ready to sort of take her in arms and protect her. In which point Valkorion comes and he walks off with Valen. And basically locks her up and we see Valen go from this beautiful blonde little girl to the shaved head and to the tattoos. And basically it seems like he's twisting her and torturing her. And it's very dark, very, 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 very sinister. And it sort of ends with Senya attempted to go rescue Valen. And, you know, she almost makes it with the assistance of her knights. And then Valkorion intercedes and Valen actually ultimately turns her back on her mother and chooses not not to go with her when she, when she she could have she could have done that. And then finally, the end of the trailer is where I am a little bit confused. I don't know if we're still dealing in the past at this point, or if it is sort of a flash forward to some point after the events of Knights of the Fallen Empire, and that is Senya confronting Empress Valen at this point. Uh, that wasn't at all clear to me. I think I think that's that's. That's where that was. It started back in the past and then maybe moved on to the future a little bit. At least I'm hoping uh, that's the case. Because as I said, the trailer was excellent. There was no expectation that it wasn't going to be excellent. And I think like many people, I would love to see like a two-hour version of one of these. I think that would just be very entertaining, very amazing. But it was very powerful. It was very good to get this background on Senya and Valen. And if we hadn't been introduced to these characters earlier and previously in the Knights of the Fallen Empire storyline, I think it would have had much greater impact than what it did. And I wouldn't want to go so far and say that the events in the trailer contradicted what we saw in Knights of the Fallen Empire, but they didn't line up. Um, to me, they didn't line up 100%. And, and a couple things that stuck out to me was this. One, yes, we get that Valen's powerful and dangerous. We see that in this trailer, but we also see her in action in Knights of the Fallen Empire. And then there's this moment on Asylum, right, where the big battle's going on, and Senya and Valen are actually facing off. And Senya has her dead to rights, but chooses not to kill her. But had she chosen to do so, she could have very easily ended Valen's life and ended the story. But, you know, where's the fun in that, of course? But my point is, as powerful as Valen is, we already know that Senya is capable of of getting the upper hand in defeating her because we have seen that happen once already. So I think it sort of diminishes Valen's power in a, a little bit in that sense. The other thing that wasn't clear to me is what the exact exact relationship now is between Valen, Valkorian, and Senya. And this is why I said I wonder if those events at the end of the trailer were, were taking place after the Knights of the Fallen Empire because you get the sense that Senya was just sort of ostracized by the family but that they didn't necessarily hate her. I mean, this sort of had the look of Valen hunting down her mother, and I don't get the sense that that actually took place uh, while Arkin and Thexen, for example, were waging their war against the core worlds. During this time, it seemed like Senya was still very much a loyal knight of Zakul. We know that she was and, and loyal to the Emperor, Valkorion, in, 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 in that sense, too, because we know that when Koth kind of defected and was turning against the Empire, she hunted him down as a traitor, seeking out justice as a knight of Zakul. So in some sense, you just got the, the feeling that she was still in everyone's good graces at that point in time. So it's not really clear 
what's going on. So that's why I said it just seemed to conflict a little bit with, with the overall story. But then again, great trailer, uh, great cinematic. I, and I watched these things over and over again. And I'll probably give it another watch to watch again after I do this podcast. But, but, but that's it. Beautifully done and made me want to go and log into the game and play the game and makes me excited for Knights of the Eternal Throne. So mission accomplished there. Okay, so let's talk about the expansion itself and what's going on. So first of all, I talked about the release date. The official release date for the expansion is on Friday, December 2nd, 2016. There will be early access to the expansion on Tuesday, November 29th. Um, It is not a paid expansion, and just like Knights of the Fallen Empire, you will gain access to the expansion by subscribing to the game. Now, in a move that utterly confused pretty much everyone... Subscribers are now being referred to as premium players. And Eric Musco went on the forums, you need to clarify this, that this is basically just a title change. Nothing more, nothing less. It's just a title change. So if you were a subscriber before, you're a just called a premium player now. Nothing's changed. So just like Knights of the Fallen Empire, if you subscribe to the game, you will get access to the expansion. So it's not a paid expansion like we saw with Shadow of Revan. And like before, if you subscribe, have a subscription by specific dates, you will get certain rewards, and the rewards are pretty pretty good. Uh, so they are giving out rewards if you subscribe. If you are a premium player, I, i.e. subscriber, by October 25th, you will receive Shea Vizsla as a companion. And I suspect this is going to work exactly like it did with Nico Okar. You'll get that little token, which you can redeem Shea Vizsla right then and there. And I imagine they will also have a some sort of brief alliance alert type quest to go get her as well. And I imagine if you claim her, you'll still be able to go do the alert. So you'll probably have those options. And who knows, maybe there'll be an achievement for you know being patient and getting Shea Vizsla without popping the token. I don't know. But you will get her as a companion, which I think is great. I like her as a character, and the fact that we get to have her as a companion and, and, and bring her around with us I think is very, very cool. So that's a pretty nice reward, I think. Getting companions in general is pretty cool, and that's a pretty pretty nice reward. So you'll get that if you are subscribed by October 25th. If you are a premium player on November 27th, 2016, you will also get a Rapid Recon Walker mount. So... Okay, that's fine. I'm kind of done with the walker mounts. I think we got plenty of those during Shadow of Revan. They're okay. They're just not my favorite kind of mount. Um, I will probably be subscribed anyway, so I'm going to get it, but I probably won't use it that much. I I prefer kind of the smaller, sleeker types of mounts. Um, I also like those new mounts where you're actually standing up on them, so that would have been nice. I think I wish they had given us one of those standing mounts. and there's something with a flourish, you know, something a little cooler, a little fancier than this is just another walker. It looks fine, but it's 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 a walker, and there are plenty of those in the game. And then finally, if you are a premium player, if you're from October 25th through November 27th, you will get three days early access to the game, which means you will be able to access Knights of the Eternal Throne on November the 29th. So let's talk about Knights of the Eternal Throne. So they released, there's a whole information page up on the website, and which gives a pretty good overview of some of the options that are coming, some of the features, I guess, that are coming with the game. Um, 
and much of this was covered, I guess, to some degree at the Cantina tour itself. They really didn't give you too much else other than what they published on their website. Uh, no surprise there. So they're, they're, they're marketing this, I guess, as your personal Star Wars story. And they say, step into your own Star Wars story from Bioware, featuring, featuring nine chapters, five new levels, and two new planets woven into an epic saga where you fight to rule the galaxy. Uh, one of the things that came out about the story was they are going to release all nine chapters at launch, which is kind of what they did for Knights of the Fallen Empire. We got nine chapters, and then we had a break, and then we got the the other chapters, uh, chapters 10 through 16. So just like Knights of the Fallen Empire, we're going to get nine chapters at launch. That's the good news. The bad news is there is no chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. It seems like this expansion is just going to be nine chapters and only nine chapters which is a little disappointing i was looking forward to an epic 16 chapter deal um and apparently what they said was they looked at the monthly releases of this chapters and it didn't go over that very did not go over very well and they said we're kind of in a binge society nowadays we're in a binge watching world and people like to get all their stuff at once and just plow through it well fair enough i don't I actually don't mind getting all the chapters at once although i did mention last week i did like the monthly release of chapters i did like getting the nine chapters and then the one chapter a month after that i thought that was pretty good and it's not that i wanted to wait to get each chapter i wanted to build up that anticipation it's just that it just kept me more engaged with the game knowing that i had something to look forward to each month kind of kept me playing each month even when I had done all done the chapter and done the story in a couple tunes and didn't feel like going back and doing it again I had reasons for there were other reasons for me to log in and it just sort of kept me looking forward so maybe they'll plan to do new a bit new patches new updates every month moving forward we'll 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 see there's there's no discussion of that but right now we're going looks like we're going to get the whole story as soon as it releases. So if you have early access on November 29th, you log in in the morning or in the evening, and there's a good chance that by the time you log out, you will have completed the entire story, and you're going to get to see the whole story play through it, and you'll know the outcome the day the expansion launches, which is great. I mean, it just seems like you're just going to... It's great while you're gorging yourself. I just worry about there being a little bit of a letdown when you're finished, thinking, what am I going to do? So real quickly, it's just brief. I'm not going to read all the descriptions for the chapters, but here's just to give you an idea of how the story is going to go. And this is all coming from the official site, so I'm not. This isn't secret stuff. This is right there for you to go to swotor.com uh, and read about the Eternal Throne. So there's something called Wrath and Run, which is ch- Wrath and Ruin, I should say, which is Chapter One. Chapter Two is Run for the Shadows. Chapter Three is Dark Reunions. Chapter Four, where dreams die. I think that one's about operations or lack thereof, maybe. Not sure. Uh, Chapter 5 is Ascension. Chapter 6, The Dragon's Maw. Chapter 7, Into the Void. Chapter 8, End Times. And then Chapter 9, The Eternal Throne. And like I said, there's little descriptions which give you an idea of what is going on, but I'm not going to take the time to read all of those. So those those are the nine chapters coming in Knights of the Fallen Empire. As I mentioned, there's going to be, they mentioned five level increase. There is going to be a level increase of the level cap to level 70, which is fine. I suppose I could talk about that a little bit, which is, I'll talk about that in a minute because there's some other things related to that that I want to talk about. But 
just to give you a little preview, I'm not sure I understand the point of increasing the level cap at this point in time. I don't know what the, what the benefit to that is. One of the other things they're doing, though, is that they listed on the site was make dynamic dark versus light side choices. And it says decide the future of the galaxy and determine the fate of your allies and enemies. Your every action drives the galaxy closer to the light or dark side of the force. Not really clear. It sounds like they're going to implement a system. And even though it's called dark versus light, do not confuse this with the current dark versus light event. This is completely different. Not really sure how it's going to work, but it looks like we're going to be able to make some dark versus light side choices. And depending on those, maybe certain planets or certain places in the galaxy will be have dark or light side alignment. I think they're going to be ranks just like we have now for your character. So you'll be able to get from again, dark or light one through five, but in a, in a different way. Not a lot of details. I know they are working on some blog posts for this to get information about it, but that's what it is. And I think it's going to be tied into this other thing called where they say rule with galactic command, which is grow your influence as you ignite light and dark side enemies, battle new uprisings and unlock the most powerful rewards, all starting at level 70 in the new ongoing galactic command system. So that is part of the end game content is this galactic command system. And I don't know if it's going to be kind of like the conquest that they have now, but it's just something we're going to participate in at endgame at level 70 and something that becomes available once we complete the story. So one of the things that's interesting to see here is unlock the most powerful rewards. I don't know what that means, but I am hopeful that it talking about gear and the, the type of gear, because right now we're used to hitting the new level cap and then we would go run an operation. And, and with Knights of the Fallen Empire, we ran things like EV, Karagas Palace, and all that. But that's where you had to go to get the best gear in the game. So now I'm hoping that the best gear in the game, the set bonuses and all that stuff, comes from this galactic command system. Because if they go ahead and put those back into EV and KP and all that stuff, I'm just going to scream. I don't think players are going to be in really... I don't think that is going to go over well at all. Because there's there was... N- we know for a fact there's no new operations coming at launch. We don't know if and when there will be an operation. I think it was hinted at during the Cantina tour that in January 2017, they'll start to talk about the group level content in a little bit and that they do want to focus on that. What that means isn't clear. There was talk about possibly doing some eight-man content, which means my my takeaway from that, and again, this is a little bit hearsay and speculation on my part than hard, cold fact, is that they'd like to do away with the whole 16-man operation and now make 8-man the maximum size. And so when you look at their operation profile, they'd like think they'd like to just keep it at story mode and hard mode, no nightmare mode, and just 8-man period. I don't know. I don't know. That's just my thought on what they'd like to do. I think, honestly, they'd probably like to not have to do these at all, but there seems to be a lot of people interested in running operations that they feel like they should continue to have those as a system. But we'll know more about that in January. What they are going to do in lieu of operations is this other feature where they say battle with allies in new uprisings. Join with up to three allies in erupting action-packed battles and confront the galaxy's most notorious adversaries rising to the rising to challenge your influence in galactic command. So I think all these things, the dark versus light, the uprising, the galactic command are all going to tie together. But it sounds like these uprisings are going to be 
flashpoints essentially that's going to have a solo mode a tactical mode and a hard mode but it sounds like it's going to be variable obviously solo mode is just going to be you but it sounds like the other modes tactical and possibly the hard modes that you might be able to do it with two three and up to four players now i don't know if the hard modes would be like other hard mode flashpoints where you have to have you know a tank a healer and you know a couple of dps i would assume so but i i don't know no you know nothing was really discussed in that regard and that tactical would be any four four players so here's what i don't quite understand about these uprisings which is to say if they are seriously considering about doing more operations or at the very least eight man content moving forward whether it's an operation or, or something else why not have it be these uprisings why not just make the uprisings doable in an ops group in a group of eight i mean in addition yeah sure you can have your solo mode you can have your tactical mode you can have your hard mode and we and if you're going to be let it be variable where you can bring two three or four players well why not make it scale all the way up to eight do like a spinal tap thing you know it goes to eight or something but why not bring this up to 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 eight man and let players go in there with an ops team and knock these out and of course you'd have to make it so that the bosses would require you know your standard ops formation a couple of tanks healers and your 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 cadre of dps but i don't see what the harm would be now i don't know how it works technically and how difficult it would be to have a switch that says, okay, now this uprising is going to be an operation versus a flashpoint versus tactical or solo and, and so on. But at least on paper, it just seems like this would be, I don't want to say an easy thing to do, but a smart thing to do, um, kind of a natural evolution, a natural feature for the uprisings would be, if this is going to be your endgame content, then why not just make it work with a group of eight players. I don't know if anyone's bothered to ask that question um, at the Cantina Tour, but I, you know, maybe I'll post something on the forums and say, hey, why can't you do this with, with eight players? Because that just seems like a natural solution to the whole ops problem, especially if there's going to be eight or, or, or nine of these things. And again, maybe there's some logistical problems with tuning, lockouts, etc. But I, it just seems like that would have been perhaps satisfying to a number of people that this would have worked instead of a you know a full-blown you know 10 boss operation or whatever have these uprisings just work with a group of eight in addition to what they had planned now so just 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 my two credits there but we'll have to wait and see but i think these uprisings look like they're going to be a lot of fun and i certainly can't wait to to give them a go they also talked about something called play your way Choose to play any story, chapter, or battle in three new challenge levels. And they're calling it Story, Veteran, or Master Mode, whatever suits your play style. And again, Story, Veteran, and Master Mode may actually just sort of replace Solo, Tactical, and Hard Mode. Not really sure. But it sounds like these nine chapters, you're going to be able to go back and play them on higher difficulty levels. And I assume there's going to be achievements and maybe some rewards associated with it, which is interesting. I'm encouraged by this, or at least optimistic in that I'm hopeful that if they want us to go back and try and redo these chapters on on this on an existing character, that they are planning to do some interesting gameplay options. Because let's face it, a lot of the stories in Knights of the Fallen Empire were us starting off with a cinematic, then running around, killing a bunch of sky troopers, and getting from point A to point B, 
And then when you get to point B, we got another cinematic that advanced the story. And then you left and you killed – you went to point C. And along the way to point C, you killed a bunch of Sky Troopers. And I'm hoping that they'll have something more interesting for us to do when getting from point A to point B when we go in between these cinematics than just killing Sky Troopers because the idea of going into master mode and just having Sky Troopers that have more health, do more damage – and quite frankly, just take longer to kill doesn't sound very fun. That doesn't sound like my idea of fun and, you know, something I would want to keep doing over and over again. So maybe we'll see more puzzles or, or things along those lines. Maybe there'll be uh, more mini bosses along the way as we go through these stories. So I'm hopeful that they'll come up with some creative and compelling gameplay for these chapters other than just killing waves and waves of sky troopers so so that's it that's that's play your way so it sounds overall pretty pretty good like i said last week the game is very solo friendly now and knights of the eternal throne is also going to continue to make the game very solo friendly so whether or not you like it or don't i think a lot of it depends on how much weight you choose to put on the lack of operations and battlegrounds and you know the more weight you put on that the more dissatisfied with the game you're going to be the less weight you put on that and the more you maybe skew towards doing some of the solo type stuff and just focusing on the story well then the happier you're going to be and i don't know where the overall pulse of the community is probably somewhere in the middle no idea really (laughs) no idea so i did want to cover some unofficial stuff uh like i said there's been a lot of data mined information and again i want to keep it all spoiler free but just a couple of things that i think are coming also in knights of the eternal throne one you're still going to have the level 60 tokens you're going to be able to create your level one characters but i think they're going to introduce a a level 65 token so you'll be able to start off with a level 65 character and my understanding is the base classes are going to go away, which means we will no longer necessarily be referred to as Jedi Knight or Bounty Hunter or Trooper. And meaning when you go to create a brand new character, whether it's level one or level 65, you are going to have to choose your advanced class when you create that character, which is a big change right before you created your level one character. And well, when the game was originally released, you created a level one character and it was designed such that you left your starter planet on or around level 10 and then you went to the fleet and then you did a little class story which introduced you to your advanced class and then you made your decision and it was permanent well that is now you're just going to make that decision right when you create the character and i think it kind of makes sense because when you create a character now you get to level 10 so fast you're only a few quests into your starter planet and you get to go through the new discipline system you can choose your advanced class right then and there that by the time you get to the fleet, that little story quest just seems like a complete waste of time. You're like, ah, yeah, I already get it. I already made up my mind. Why am I talking to you? So I think it's just a way of kind of cleaning that up. It also allows them to streamline some of the abilities. You can get rid of all the unnecessary abilities for these advanced classes. So when you're a, a sorcerer, for example, which is you know purely a ranged class, you can just not even have to worry about giving them melee abilities right from the get-go and it just becomes much easier and much you can give them uh abilities in the beginning that make more sense than having stupid melee abilities and things that you need to start off with just because you don't they don't give you anything else that you're eventually going to discard uh from your toolbar and never look at again so it just makes it for a cleaner entry into these 
classes. And of course, there will be lots of different kinds of class changes, but I don't have to, I'm not going to go over those just yet. So that's it. So that's Knights of the Eternal Throne. And I guess my overall impression is I feel like and this is unfair. I get that this is unfair because, you know, we haven't seen all the details and how much what's entailed with the Galactic Command System, the Dark versus Light, and the Uprising. But still, I feel like Knights of the Eternal Throne is less of an expansion and more of a continuation of Knights of the Fallen Empire. And I'm not just talking about the story. By, by that, I mean, it seems like we're getting the leftovers from Fallen Empire, that this is the remainder of the stuff that they could not fit into Knights of the Fallen Empire. And that's not to say there were no lessons learned from Fallen Empire. I, I'm sure they will and made some changes for, from the story, but I just feel like this is all stuff that they could have done with Knights of the Fallen Empire, which is why earlier in the podcast, I question whether or not we even need to be have a level cap increase to level 70, that I don't know what the benefit of that is, and you know, probably could have just left it at 65 and given us all of this new stuff um, to do, because I don't know what the difference is going to be doing it at level 70 versus level 65 and the leveling is just you kind of ignore it anyway because you're just going into the story you're focused on the story you're not paying attention to the xp bar which is nice which is nice that's actually a good thing you're just going from the story and you're advancing the story and along the way you just naturally hit level 70 you don't have to plan it out you don't have to think about it you don't even have to worry about xp boost or any of that stuff it just happens so quickly that you don't even notice it and to that end um, I don't know why there the necessarily needs to be a level cap. And especially now that operations aren't really a big, any part of the end game. You know, the idea is you hit the level cap, you get some introductory gear. So you'd get introductory gear at level 70, which would be enough to get you into the operations. And then you run the operations and you get more gear. And then hopefully down the line, they'd introduce a new operation. And that gear you got from the previous one is what would allow you to progress into the new operation and get it done. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. We've sort of gone, the game has gone through a huge paradigm shift in Knights of the Fallen Empire. And that paradigm shift continues into Knights of the Eternal Throne. And I'm real curious to see, we know there's going to be new gear, for level 70. I'm just going to be curious to see what it is and how we get it. And I really hope it comes from this galactic command system and not from the hard mode flashpoints that we've beaten to death and not from the operations that we've beaten to death. So that's it. Well, there should be blogs and more information on Knights of the Eternal Throne coming in coming in the next few weeks. And I look forward to covering that here. But here we go. I'm starting to hear that magical music. So that can mean only one thing that you have survived another half hour listening to episode eight of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com. There is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly as well. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast and be sure to follow us on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. Tune in next week for episode nine. And remember the Sith code, cake is a lie.